Welcome to the Your Story Matters podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Mason City Schools, where we celebrate and learn from our community stories. We're so glad you've joined us today. Hi, this is Kristen Lazuda, third grade teacher here at Mason Elementary and Your Story Ambassador for this podcast. And I'm here with my amazing colleague, Erin Kramer, who teaches a remarkable group of students each day in our SCSF classroom here at Mason Elementary. That's our social communication and school fundamentals class. Thanks for being here today, Erin. Of course. Erin, I have some questions for you. All right. This is your second year of teaching. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so what brought you to Mason City Schools? Because we are so glad you're here. Um, so I was, I knew I wanted to stay in Cincinnati. I grew up in Cincinnati, went to school in Cincinnati. Um, and then I was lucky enough to be placed here for student teaching my second semester of senior year um, in the SESF classroom over at MI. Um, absolutely loved it. And I kind of had it in my head that if I wasn't going to get a job here, I didn't want to work anywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, um, our population is growing, the population of kids we serve. So uh-huh. classrooms are just opening up and opening up, which was awesome. Um, so I interviewed, I went through five rounds of interviews here wow. um, between Western Row and MI because they had potential positions opening up at both schools mm-hmm. um, and got the call when I was actually at an interview for another school district so I didn't I missed the call um that I was from Eric Messer and um I came back to my phone so I had a missed call um picked up the or called Eric Messer back and he's like I'll let you think about it and I was like no I'll take it um and that's the first time I've ever cried tears of joy I've never known what's that like so when I found out I got the job here I um absolutely accepted and I'm not looking back at all. We are so fortunate. We're so, so lucky to have you here. So when you were going through school and through through teacher training before Mm -hmm. you were placed in the SCSF classroom, did you always want to be a special education teacher? Yes. Um, I don't think I've ever changed my mind. There was a small period of time where I wanted to work at a gas station (laughs) because um, I like the smell of gas when I was little. Um, (laughs) So no. Um, Well, yes, I have always wanted to be a special ed teacher. Um, Kindergarten, my best friend, her name's Natalie. Um, She had a disability. She was nonverbal. Not sure what the disability was, but she was my best friend. Um, Mm. I wanted to invite her to my birthday party in kindergarten or first grade, and my mom said, well, her mom will have to come with her. And I said, great, invite her mom too. Um, So she came to my birthday party, and come to find out it's the first birthday party she ever got invited to. Wow. Um, And I'm just been drawn to that population I moved to Madeira my sec in second grade and my first friend there her name's Sarah she has Down syndrome we still Mm. are in contact she's living on her own now or living with a roommate now um and she's doing great um and I've just always seen them as my friends and then as I got older I really wanted to help um and help the younger kids um and I always wanted the moderate to severe population um I feel like I could relate to them in a way. Um, So yes, I've always known that I wanted to be in education and in special education. Oh my goodness, that (laughs) is truly amazing. And you know, Erin, you work with some really amazing students here at Mason Elementary and the bond that you have with them, we can all see it in the hallways every day and the way that you are a champion for your students. Mm -hmm. Um, You have such a strong bond with them that 
even though you have some students who have difficulty communicating um, at times, you are able to just use that bond every day to make such amazing gains with them. Can you talk about how that how that bond works into your everyday with those students? Yes, um, I don't think this would be a successful classroom without that bond and not only my bond with them but my paraprofessionals bond with them um, which this classroom wouldn't run without them. Mm, um, so true, so true. Um, but Knowing their communication style, so I have students who are nonverbal who use an iPad to communicate, some students who the iPad is not working out ideally, um, students who are verbal but won't communicate in full sentences mm -hmm. or will to an outside person be saying quote unquote nonsense. Mm -hmm. um, so really having that bond and understanding what they want and taking that and helping them communicate in a formal means so that the outside world can understand them. So when my student says something that resembles the word water they mm -hmm. want water I can help them find a way to ask and say the sentence I would like water please mm -hmm. so that they are translating what I know from them and take it into the outside world and in addition they let me push them because they trust me um, mm -hmm. that I'm not going to put them in a position to fail mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to put them in a position where I know they can't do something um, and everything they do in here they are pushed to do their best work because I know they can do it. Mm. Um, and that took a lot of time. This is my second year with these students. Um, and I know next year when I get a new caseload, it, it takes time to build that with any student, but specifically students who can't necessarily come up and tell me, Miss Kramer, I trust you. Miss Kramer, I like you as my teacher. Miss Kramer, I don't like you. This mm. is what's bothering me. They will never say that to me. Um, and maybe a standard way and I just kind of have to learn the way that they're going to communicate with me are they gonna the way they hug me or the way they look at me um or the way they don't hug me or don't look at me like I have to kind of figure out with each student um and also it might change from day to day hour to hour and sometimes yeah. minute by minute I think we have something good going we're working really hard on writing our numbers or doing something and then the next minute we're really frustrated um and just trying to figure out where that switch happened um, is really important too. I think that you, you mentioned the word trust and the trust that they have for you mm -hmm. so that, or the trust that they have with you mm -hmm. so that in those moments where you need to be flexible and switch mm -hmm. things up, you know, mm -hmm. you, you have built this remarkable bond that allows yeah. you to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and you also talked about it's, it's the kind of the gift of being able to have these students for more than more than one yeah. year to yes. be with them. You know, I don't know if you want to expand, talk a little bit more about that, just the, the idea of kind of yeah. looping with those students, having them again and how that, how that really builds into yeah, their success. Definitely. It was a really critical year to loop with them, um, with the huge change in building. Mm -hmm. Um, so we were, we were very comfortable at Western Row um, and as soon as they started getting used to Western Row it was <laughs> all right you're gonna go to a new school next year yes um, but you're gonna have the same teacher you're gonna have the same paraprofessionals you're gonna see the same people mm -hmm. that was huge for them I really think the constant um, of the people they are working with um, was helped them get used to this building and um, be su as successful as they were. Um, I mean, they constantly blow me out of the water. I, th I hear mm. that we're going to have a fire drill and I const I get anxiety right away. Uh -huh. Like, oh my gosh, it's a change in schedule. It's a loud noise. We have right. to go outside. It's cold. All these things go through my head. We'll, 
one time I completely forgot, completely forgot to tell my students. I usually tell them yeah. about 10 minutes before and prepare right. them and they get their coats on and everything. And I completely forgot. And the fire alarm went off and I, I was probably the most uncalm out of all, <laughs> everyone involved. <laughs> and my one, my student that I'm thinking of specifically who really struggles with change got up out of his chair and went to the door to leave. Mm. And I... I can't, I can't put into words how amazing that was. And whereas for anyone else, a fire drill is a fire drill. You walk out, you come back inside. There's a lot that goes on in this room to make a fire drill happen or any other assembly or one hour delay, two hour delay schedules that really throw us for a loop. Um, so again, they, the trust that they have that myself and my paras are not going to put them in a position where they're going to fail. Yeah. Um, it's really, really important. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned that they blow you out of the water a lot. They every just day. absolutely yeah, surprise day. you and, and yeah. in such amazing ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's probably so hard to pick one thing, but if mm-hmm. you had to choose the most, the most rewarding aspect of working with these students. Um, there's the overall big of achieving IEP goals, uh-huh. but that only goes so far. Um, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, their IEP goals are what we work on annually. There's usually a math, a language arts goal, maybe some sort of social, maybe some sort of behavior goal. Mm-hmm. It's the things we really work on. Um, but I think my biggest, um, my biggest accomplishment in seeing them, what's most rewarding is their friends that they remembered mm-hmm. from last year. Um, students remembering my students' names and saying hello and my students saying hello back because they're comfortable um, and just remembering things about um, their friends in this room. I had a student who really loves to play with pipe cleaners. He loves his pipe cleaners. <laughs> and I had another one of my students who found a pipe cleaner on the floor and went picked it up and brought it to that other student. Oh, and sometimes I think like they don't even, they don't acknowledge each other. They don't know who each other are. And I'm constantly proved wrong I'm usually catching myself being like oh I don't I don't know if they can do that I don't I don't know about that and they're like "Mm, no Miss Kramer we got it we can do it um (laughs) and that's the most rewarding it's those small victories every day of that student said hi to one more person than he normally does or he did his job that much better or he punched in his own lunch code today with like five prompts instead of eight and it's (laughs) just those things that if you don't look at those, it's a long stretch. But when you look at those small victories, I mean, I go home and can't wait to come back to the next day to see what's happening. Wow. Um, so it's, I'm excited to get up in the morning. I'm excited to come to work because they're, I'm just about to get blown away again. And just when I think I raise my expectations high enough, like, okay, I'm really pushing them here. They, they go past it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to let you guys set the bar because I never set it high enough for them. And wow, they're amazing. Wow. I have, <laughs> I have goosebumps over here. Literally, I have goosebumps just hearing you talk about your students with such passion mm-hmm. and just that knowledge of that every morning you wake up and you can't wait to get to school. That yeah. is absolutely amazing because what you do every day mm-hmm. is a feat. I and mean, mm-hmm. we, we all just admire you and you're an inspiration to all of us just the energy that you have and um the way that you advocate for Mm -hmm. your students Mm -hmm. and the the way that you focus on those small victories and continue to push them Mm -hmm. um what what would you say was the biggest thing that you want for your students what do you that's a tough one I think there's a couple things I think we really start to see a social gap um between third and fourth grade 
Um, and I really want that uh, gap to be bridged as much as possible. So what I want are those friendships. Um, mm-hmm. If there's one student, so um, the students in my classroom can go to school until they're 22 years old. They mm-hmm. can be in high school. If there's a student when they're 22 years old that stops them in the hallway and says, hi, what and whatever their name is, that's what I want. I mm-hmm. want people to yes. remember them for their strengths, not the tough moment they might have seen in the hallway um, or heard from somebody else. Oh, did you hear the students? I don't want that. I want, wow, did you see him do this? Or he played with me today. Um, And I really want that. And I just want meaningful jobs for them later Mm. on. Um, The most independent they can be um, going forward. And that's what we're pushing them every day to be as independent as possible um, with still remembering their nine and 10 year olds. Um, And Mm -hmm. I'll give them that extra hug or, um, that extra push that they need. Um, but I really just want them to be happy, um, have meaningful relationships, have a meaningful job, um, and just be the best that they can be and never let anyone tell them no. Never let anyone tell them they can't work there, they can't mm-hmm. be your friend, they can't yeah. what at, fill in the blank. They can't, no, I don't want, I want them to know that they can, they can do what they want, um, and we'll just figure out how they're going to do it. I, it's not... And there's no question about it. We'll, we'll make it work. Um, and I want them to understand how important that they are to this society. So you have such a fantastic perspective on working with your students and just a fantastic perspective on life. Can we talk a little bit more about what has influenced that? Is there a person that has, or, I mean, it could be more than one Mm -hmm. person or, but is there someone or something that's influenced you to kind of build in this, this wonderful perspective? So my father is a, um, school, former school administrator. Um, I come from a line of educators, teacher, Mm -hmm. answer teachers. Um, my sister's a teacher. My mom wasn't, but worked in a school district. Um, I think my dad really inspired me, um, to have kids first. Um, it's for the kids. It's for Mm -hmm. the kids. Mm -hmm. But specifically in this field was the friend I had talked about earlier, Sarah. Um, Sarah, I mean, Sarah means the world to me. Um, Sarah showed me the definition of inclusive. Um, There was nothing Sarah couldn't do. Um, Sarah wasn't a stranger to anyone. I should say isn't a stranger to anyone. She greets everyone with a smile. She's just, her happiness is so pure. Um, It's just so so wholesome that it kind of makes you see the world in a different light. Um, yeah. it, it kind of puts a, puts all the bad stuff away for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look through at the world through their eyes where they, um, things are, could be so challenging. They could be so miserable. The world is stacked against them. Odds are stacked against them yet. And specifically Sarah, she just keeps pushing through. She's a special Olympic champion. She has a job. She has a boyfriend. Um, she's living independently. I mean, wow. When you would you say that to me when she was in second grade, I would have been like, yeah, okay. I was little. I don't really know, but I would have been like, absolutely. Hmm. Why not? And I think that mantra of why not? Sure, oh, they want to do that. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you ask yourself why not, you have a really hard time coming up with an answer for that. Um, I've kind of just always gone with how. How are we going to do that? Um, so I think a combination of my dad, who I continue to have hour-long conversations with every day about mm. more the ins and outs of school. He helps me understand all the professional side of it because he can't. He necessarily can't help me with um, what I specifically do, 
um, but he really helps me just understand the bigger picture of everything, mm -hmm. um, which I really think helps with the culture um, and how I feel about things and kind of lets me, I often, I have big feelings, big emotions, so I'll mm -hmm. go to him and he's able to kind of like talk me down from it and let me see it in a real light. Um, and in turn, I'm able to educate him about this population. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That is amazing. So I, you talked a little bit about having like big feelings and I think mm -hmm. when you work in, in a, you know, a setting in which there are so many things that change all day long mm -hmm. and all of those things, how do you manage just this kind of the stress of day-to-day -day life yeah. and I mean you you do seem to be you have so much optimism and such mm -hmm. a great perspective what mm -hmm. kind of helps you to kind of manage the, yeah, the I've stress? Yeah I definitely definitely struggled with that um I've not um ever been someone that handles stress well um like I said, I have a hard time, I have big feelings. So if something, if it's a rough day for one of my students, mm -hmm. I take that all home with me. Mm -hmm. And um, I've always tried, I have a like 27 minute commute. <laughs> so I've tried to like allow myself that 20 minutes on the way to school and 27 minutes on the way home to think about it. And when yeah. I get back home, I let it go, but that's not really how it works. Um, I take care of myself through like yoga mm. um hanging out with my roommate with my friends um but still it's like I rack my brain constantly on how I can make this better and besides all that all the paperwork that comes along right. with this job which it's it's the nature of the beast you have to do the paperwork right. um which isn't my favorite thing I don't know if it's anyone's favorite thing, um, <laughs> but just trying to think in the back of my head, like, this is for the student, this is for the student, this is so that they have the best education, yeah. um, and understanding that. Um, but yeah, stress is still something I take in stride every day. Some days are better than others, and mm -hmm. um, sometimes I go home and I just want to be back here with the students, because when I'm with them, like I said earlier, like I, I am not seeing that stress, because when they are in front of me, when they are when they are giving me a hug or working with me, I I, I just don't see that. I don't feel it, and mm -hmm. so sometimes it's hard to go home and be by myself, and like then it all hits me. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something I'm continuing to learn oh. how to deal with. And it sounds it sounds like you have some really wonderful strategies mm -hmm. for that, for finding that balance. If there if there is a balance, right. if we can find a balance as teachers, yes. because. The truth is that we do take it all home. Mm -hmm. We take it home literally, and we take it home in our minds yes. as well. And yes, um, you know, I think that you know we've all we're there's such a big conversation right now about how we can manage stress. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're you are you just seem to have such great strategies Thank for you. for doing that and being real and being mm -hmm. authentic about the fact that you yeah. know that there are big feelings and sometimes yeah. <laughs> sometimes we don't manage it well right. you know and we just kind of we we do ruminate and kind of think about those things on mm -hmm. our own and so it's so important to and I think that that's important to just yeah. hear from, yeah. from some you know yeah. to just hear that authenticity that yeah we're all working on that for yes. sure Erin what are you most proud of in your professional life in my professional life would be definitely landing this job uh, <laughs> right out of college. This is no doubt my dream job. Um, and I like graduate and got a job and I actually had the job before I graduated, which was amazing. Um, I never did well in school. I, I did not like school growing up. I, mm. I did not like it. I was 
constantly in elementary school, I have a stomach ache, I have a stomach ache, I can't go, I can't go, I can't go to school. Um, I need, my dad worked at the school, I need to go see my dad, I need, Mm -hmm. I need, I need this, I need that, I'd come home and hide under my bed, I, I, I would do everything, and I wasn't necessarily bad at school, um, I was pretty average, like, I think I was literally ranked 55th in a class of 110, um, so I was very average, (laughs) um, at school, everything I did, I was very average, um, not, not bad, not the best, um, and this is, this job makes me feel more than average, um, and that is a very, that's just, I don't, I don't think I would have ever said that, that I would be in a place where I'd be feeling like I was better than average. Mm. So that's having this job is definitely. Well, you are absolutely more <laughs> than average. Thank you. <laughs> way, way more than average. Thank you. How about your personal life? What are you most proud of in your personal life? That's a tough question. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like that's especially tough because you do give so much of yeah. yourself to your work. Yes. And so sometimes <laughs> it can feel like, what personal life? Right. Like we, you know, that's, I think that's does that exist? We <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like I, I, in my personal life, I mean, I go home and it's just me and my roommate mm-hmm. um, who we've, we've been roommates since college. And through college, so we've been living together five years now. Um, and it, but she has another job, and so sometimes I go home and it's just me, and it's really hard to fill my time. I want to go home, eat dinner, and go to bed, and I'm uh-huh. like, it's uh, six o'clock. I'm gonna need to at least wait till seven thirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes it's a feat getting to seven thirty. Yeah. Um, or getting to eight, but especially with it getting so dark now. I know. It's really, really <laughs> tough. I'm like, I'm home. That. I've eaten dinner. What else is there to do <laughs> if I don't have an IEP to write or anything like that? Um, so I think what, one of the things that I'm most proud of is um, recognizing that that what didn't have to be my normal. I didn't mm. have to wonder what I should do when I'm not with my students. Mm-hmm. Uh, my students as much as they are a big part of my life, they didn't have to be the whole, my whole life. Mm. Um, so like recognizing that and asking for help from professionals, from my parents, um, recognizing that, um, like it doesn't have to be this way. I don't have to just look forward to going to bed when I get home because they're struggled along the lines of anxiety and depression. And, um, for a while I, it was kind of just like, I'm a worried kid. I'm a worried mm. kid. That's fine. That's fine. And finally just being like, no, it doesn't have to be this way. And, um, you can get help and, um, you can have a life outside of school. Um, because that was kind of always it. in high school. I had my things to do. It was, uh, go to school, go to theater practice, go to band practice, go to some sort of practice, eat dinner that my mom made, do my homework, go to bed. And then once you're an adult, it's like, well, my mom doesn't make my dinner anymore, so I have to make the dinner, and there's no homework to do necessarily, so, like, my lesson plans are done already, my progress reports are done, whatever it may be, um, there's no, like, structure, you make it up yourself, right. um, and that's something I just really, really struggled with, I feel like you're just thrown into adulthood, like, mm-hmm. you graduate college, here's your very set schedule of your classes, and uh-huh. what do you work, and blah, blah, blah. So, Erin, you're talking about that struggle of kind of getting thrown into adulthood Mm -hmm. and feeling like 
the structure of college, the structure of high school is behind you. And Mm -hmm. now you've got all this time to manage on your own. Mm -hmm. And those feelings of worry and kind of anxiety that Mm -hmm. you had as a kid are still there. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I feel like you're giving us such a message of hope when you say that um, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. You don't have to feel right. those feelings that you, mm-hmm. I mean, those, those feelings are real and they'll be there, yes. but there are things you can do yes. to kind of help yes. with exactly. that situation. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that, and the ideas that you kind of have given too for, um, letting yourself have those feelings mm-hmm. and reaching out to mm-hmm. others yes. has, and, and, and I don't know, how do you feel? Do you feel like talking about it is something yeah. that really helps? Um, and I actually, my therapist that I found was actually through a colleague here at Mason that I reached out to and I knew she had a lot of connections and asking her who she recommended. Um, and I just feel like, yes, talking about it and, um, it kind of goes back to going home and not having anyone to talk to about it. Mm -hmm. Um, if my roommate's not there, like I can call my parents and I do, um, but just again, that balance and not comparing myself to all the other teachers here. Mm-hmm. Um, I am at a very different stage in my life than a lot of the teachers that that I work with closely. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a struggle for me a little bit. Um, but again, just working through that as much as I can and I'm able to replace those thoughts with productive thoughts. And um, usually looking back on my pictures of my students mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of cheers me up and kind of puts me back in that like, okay, let's roll with this. Let's figure out what we can replace this thought with, how it can be productive, um, what's the truth behind these thoughts. Um, oh, because good. a lot of these, yeah. their thoughts are real. There's not a lot of truth behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, so just going with that and continuing to pursue this and not giving up um, is probably my biggest uh, accomplishment and what I'm most proud of. Um, because I think if you ask my mom, I was quite the giver-upper as a child mm-hmm. in terms of like... Uh, if it's too hard, I'm not doing it. Or mm-hmm. uh, I'm not cleaning my room if it's too much. Um, and so I've just been known to, if things are too much, I don't do it. Um, I give up. So um, as long as I keep pushing, and this might be a lifelong journey for me, who knows? Um, but yeah, that's probably my biggest, what I'm most proud of in my personal life. Well, that's a very wonderful thing to be <laughs> proud of, and you most definitely should. Do you have a favorite quote? I do. Um, it's from Magic Johnson. Um, all kids need a little help, a little hope, and someone to believe in them. So oh, that I hope to be all three of those things for my students and keep pushing on. <laughs> I think you most definitely are all of those things for your students, Erin. And we are so lucky to have you here at Mason Elementary and for all Thank of us you. to benefit from the example you set each Thank day. You. We usually end these podcasts with something a little fun. And so okay. I have a question for you. And my question is, what is a podcast that you enjoy listening <laughs> to or types of podcasts? I really like true crime podcasts, <laughs> which would surprise people. Um, I don't think I can watch true crime because it kind mm. of freaks me out but listening to it on the car ride home really makes the commute a lot better um (laughs) i've learned a lot about true crime um which is they use a word on one of the podcasts and it's called 
paranoid, preparanoid. So you can be paranoid as long as you're prepared. Preparanoid. <laughs> paranoid is what wow. they said. So I keep like telling myself, okay, if I'm going to be paranoid about this, I need to have a plan. I can't just be paranoid. <laughs> I need it to be productive. Um, and I think it's really just made me more aware of my surroundings and uh, making sure I don't enter unsafe situations. And I have my If I Go Missing file that I learned about from one of the podcasts. So if I go missing, there's a file with all my passwords and everything <laughs> oh I need. Um, so, you are pre-paranoid, girl. Yeah, I'm pre-paranoid. You are pre-paranoid. <laughs> so, oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah, and it's just kind of my let go of everything, listen to other things. and oh, yeah. Another great strategy for just <laughs> being able to, to take care of you and recharge for the next day. Yes. Well, Erin, it has been such a joy to be able to talk with you. I feel like I've learned so much from you today. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Of course. And that is it. That's a wrap for this edition of the Your Story Matters podcast. Thank you, Erin. Thank you. We've reached the end of one of our stories. It's goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Mason City Schools Your Story Matters podcast, where we believe every unique story deserves an audience. If you know of someone who has a great story to tell, email Carson T. at MasonOhioSchools.com. And don't forget to subscribe to hear more of our community stories.